For those of you who don't know, uh, my name is Jason Coker. I'm the co-minister here. Uh, the lovely Janelle, who you've seen up here a lot today, is uh, my partner and co-minister here at the Oceanside Sanctuary. And we are privileged to be a part of a church that truly does embrace the contradictions of what it means to live out our faith, that truly does try to embody an approach to Christian spirituality that is genuinely inclusive. As you heard already today, we are in the season of Advent. This is one of the times of year when, as a church, we embrace the liturgical seasons of the Christian calendar. We don't do this all year long, but at this time of year, Advent marks essentially the new year for Christianity. The first Sunday of Advent is like the, the new year for us. And this period of time of Advent is a time of waiting, of anticipation, of hopefulness. And that's what we've been talking over the past few weeks. It's the weeks leading up to the arrival of the Savior, the uh, Christ child. And today we're going to continue with that sort of anticipation, that waiting by talking a little bit about joy. It feels a little silly for me to stand up here and talk to you about joy when we all just experienced a sense of what that joy is like. But there are some things, I think, about the expression of joy that are helpful for us to understand in our heads so that when we experience it in our bodies, it gives us a kind of permission to express joy in a way that is genuinely impactful, in a way that changes things, not only for ourselves, but for the world around us. So I want to read to you our passage for today. First, it's Isaiah chapter 35, verses 1 through 10. It is a little bit longer. It's 10 verses. Uh, but before we do that, I want to ask that you just take a moment of, of prayer. Uh, and let's all come together before we approach the text. God, we thank you again for today, for this opportunity for us to gather, to express our joy as we look forward to the arrival of the gospel in our lives, the arrival of the hopes that we have been anticipating, the arrival of good news. It's our confession today, God, that in this season, perhaps more than any other, we are acutely aware of unfulfilled promises, of unfulfilled expectations, of the despair and frustration that we sometimes experience in the midst of a season that is supposed to be given over to celebrations of goodness and peace. And so we ask God that you would speak into that place of despair and frustration and hopelessness today, that you would teach us to be a people who experience joy and are empowered by that. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Isaiah chapter 35, beginning in verse 1 says this, and again, before we read it, I just want to remind you that every prophet in the Hebrew Bible and the New Testament is a poet. These are poems of hope and joy and liberation and sometimes judgment. But as you read it, read it as you would read a poem. Imagine what these images and symbols speak into our lives as the poet paints with a broad brush. Starting in verse 1, Isaiah says this, The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly. 
and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are of a fearful heart, be strong and do not fear. Here is your God. He will come with vengeance, with terrible recompense, and he will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped, and the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. For waters shall break forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The burning shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. The haunt of jackals shall become a swamp, and the grass shall become reeds and rushes. And a highway shall be there, and it shall be called the holy way. The unclean shall not travel on it, but it shall be for God's people. No traveler, not even fools, shall go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads, they shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. A beautiful poem, I think, that powerfully illustrates the essence of the gospel as we live it out in our lives. If you listen with ears to hear and you see with eyes that perceive, you might notice hints of the Lord's Prayer in this poem. A proclamation of a gospel that comes and impacts our tangible material needs, that brings reconciliation into our lives, that produces systems of justice. What we have here, of course, is Isaiah's oracle, Isaiah's prophecy to Israel as Israel is wrestling with the betrayal of their neighbor, Edom. This speaks into the pain and the suffering of the Jewish people as they are being carried off into captivity. Isaiah is essentially uttering a prophecy of judgment upon the nation of Edom for betraying Israel first. That's chapter 34. And then 35 in the poem that we read today, Isaiah comes in after his poem of judgment and he brings instead a poem of hope. A poem of good news, something that beckons to Israel to hear and be transformed by the promise of something good. And here's what we see happening in this poem. Beginning in verse 1 all the way through to verse 3, we see these images of hopefulness. The blooming, the blossoming of flowers in the desert. The desert shall rejoice and blossom, verse 1, like the crocus, it shall blossom abundantly. So you have images of this dry and barren desert and suddenly flowers springing forth. Something good is happening in the land. In verse 3, we see that there is an impact of that message. Strengthen the weak hands, verse 3 says, and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are of a fearful heart, be strong and do not fear. Here is your God. He will come with vengeance 
and with terrible recompense he will come and save you. For those of you who are struggling with oppression and despair, God is coming to bring goodness into your lives, and that goodness is a kind of vengeance. You'll be rescued. You'll be saved from your oppressor. Therefore, take heart. Be strong. And what's the consequence of that? Verse 5, then the eyes of the blind shall be opened. This message of hope has real impact on people who believe it. Your eyes will suddenly be opened. Your ears will suddenly hear. Your weak knees will be strengthened. You shall, verse 6, leap like a deer, and the tongue of the speechless shall sing for joy. In other words, the message of good news has an impact on our lives for those who hear it and believe it. And it doesn't stop there. The impact isn't just individual. If we skip ahead to verse 8, we see that this good news brings a change of society. A highway shall there be, and it shall be called the holy way. Verse 9, no lion shall be there. Nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it, but they shall not be found there, and the redeemed shall walk there. There is an order that comes to a society, to a culture who hears the good word of God, is redeemed and liberated by it, is strengthened by it. Goodness, righteousness, peace come to those who hear the good news of God and put it into practice in their lives. This is... I know, believe it or not, a story of evangelism. Evangelism is, of course, the good news. It's the proclamation of something good in the midst of something terrible. It is the word of healing to those who are sick. It's the word of liberation to those who are oppressed. Whatever horrible circumstances you might be experiencing, when there is a message of hope and deliverance, that is good news. That is the gospel. It is evangelism. That might be the first time in seven years and two weeks that I have uttered that word from this pulpit. Evangelism. Is there a dirtier word in Christendom? I don't think so. <laughs> But this is not that kind of evangelism. Isaiah chapter 35 is not the kind of evangelism that dehumanizes people. It's not the kind of evangelism where God has to become your oppressor before he liberates you. Where God wounds and traumatizes you before he heals you. This isn't the kind of evangelism that denigrates you as a person or your humanity. Rather, this is the kind of evangelism that recognizes that you are in a place of oppression and need liberation. That you have been wounded and you need healing. That you have been marginalized and ignored and you need to be heard and seen and affirmed for who you are. This is that kind of good news. Listen, I don't know about you, but I think in a world where there is an increasing 
inequality between the rich and the poor in a world where we are frequently vilifying people who are lesbians or gay or bisexual or transgender in a world where we are denying the existence of racism in the history of the United States. We don't need God to oppress us. We are doing a good enough job ourselves. But the message of the good news then is that God, who is goodness and righteousness and peace, is here to liberate us from our own willingness to oppress, to wound, to traumatize, to marginalize. But let me tell you about my favorite part. Isaiah chapter 35, back at the beginning, the wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom, and the crocus it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing, and rejoice with joy and singing. My Bible, the New Revised Standard Version, renders that word singing, the Hebrew word renan. Some of your Bibles might render it as shouting. But that word renan, the Hebrew word renan, really means to overcome. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. Those places that have been dry and cracked and deprived of goodness, of water, of nourishment, shall suddenly blossom and blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. A joyful shout that overcomes is exactly what we see happening in this passage. A joyful shout that overcomes is more than an expression of happiness and joy and peace and abundance. It is the experience of the good news in our bodies in such a way that we are empowered to overcome oppression and marginalization and trauma. It is the expression of God's goodness that not only strengthens our weak knees and, wound, and, and heals our wounds, it is the physical manifestation of the truth that God's word will liberate us, will heal us. To sing with joy, then, is to overcome. To sing with joy is to overcome. Haven't you experienced that? I experienced that today. To sing with joy is to overcome. Listen, what we do here in this place, when we sing with joy, is evangelism. When we stand up and we open our mouths and we raise our voices and maybe lift our hands and stomp our feet and clap our hands and shout and do all of that out of rhythm and drive Felipe crazy, we are evangelizing. We are bringing the good news to our bodies and our lives in a way that helps us to overcome 
the obstacles that we face. And here, I think, is the key insight. Before we ever evangelize anybody else with this good news, we first evangelize ourselves. Because I don't know about you, but I forget. I forget that the word of goodness and righteousness and peace and love and joy brings redemption and liberation and empowerment in my life. I forget. But when I come here and I sing with you, I remember. My body remembers the first time I heard that good news. Can we please sing? Can we evangelize ourselves today? Can we sing with joy and overcome? Yes or no? Amen. Good morning, everyone. A few quick things to connect with here at uh, OSC. Number one, the Community Christmas Choir is coming. Are you leading that, Joey? I am. You know, I love that this church has evolved because last year the staff made me wear a very short choir robe up here to promote the Christmas choir. So I'm excited I didn't have to do that this year. We'd love for you to join the Sanctuary Community Choir to sing three songs at our Christmas Eve service. Uh, The choir is going to practice on December 14th and the 21st at 6 p.m., right here at the Oceanside Sanctuary. So if you would love to be in the choir, Joey, do you have anything to add to the choir announcement? That the 14th is this Wednesday. That's literally in a couple days. So come here at six. I don't care how well you think you can sing. We will help you to sing beautifully. Please come and join us. We felt like we had a lot of choir members out there today. So the choir's gonna be big this year, so we'd love for you to join up. We'd also love for you to join a very special Christmas Eve service, which the choir will be singing at on Saturday, December 24th, 7 p.m. So mark your calendars. Uh, There will be some traditional Christmas carols exploring the mystery of God's presence among us in the birth of Jesus. And this year, we'd love for everyone to invite one person. And I think on your way out this morning, there's a special flyer. We'd love for you to pick that up. And just share that with a family member or a friend who love uh, who you would love to see be here on Christmas Eve. And then Christmas morning, mark your calendars because the doors are going to be closed. And it will be live uh, on YouTube, on Facebook at 10 a.m. So music and a Christmas message on Christmas morning at 10 a.m. For all the information about these three upcoming events, reference Christmas, you can find that on OceansideSanctuary.org, you can scan the QR code and you can RSVP for these different things on the website as well. And then Janelle did a great job uh, talking about the year-end giving. We'd love for you to be part of that. I think for our family, um, we try to hide from this type of stuff and we really try to back away when these types of announcements come up. And I think for us though, I'm excited about this. This is a place for us, I'm speaking for me personally in our family that we've found as a home, a place to connect, and we believe in what this staff does and how they manage the resources and money that come into this building and what they do with that to empower this community and bring love to this community. 
And so when you reach the point where you feel like that and you are feeling connected and involved and this is a home for you, I think that next step is how do we get back to this church, to this staff, to this community? And those are conversations that you can have with yourself and with your family. So we're close. We're almost 50% close to that year-end giving, and that's very exciting. Uh, last thing I'll say, I remember somebody telling me there's a difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is more based on our daily circumstances, right? We're happy or we're not happy based on our current situation. Jason, thank you for sharing the word of joy today. So this week, between now and next week when we see each other, let's live in joy. Whatever that looks like for you, whatever that means based on some of those amazing, encouraging, inspiring words that Jason gave to us today, let's start learning to live in joy and step into that. Have a great week, everybody. May the peace of God be with you. Awesome with you.